In your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke 17 and then the book of Jude only has one chapter, verse 7. Stand with me, if you will, for the reading of God's Word. This is part five in our series, The Signs of the Time and the End of the Age. Luke 17, 28 through 30. If you're there, say amen. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And Jude 7. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities near them is an example for us of the punishment of eternal fire. The people of these cities suffered the same fate that God's people and the angels did because they committed sexual sins and engaged in immoral homosexual activities. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is a sensitive subject among those in the church as well as outside of the church. It is a a hot button to where if either side talks, you have extremists on both sides from those who uh, believe it not to be a sin or condone the sin and those that march in the street with hateful signs cursing the people. The fact remains that God's word is forever settled in heaven. And it is not an attack on a homosexual any more than it's an attack on adulterer or a fornicator because the Bible said not only did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said his people, his people, the Jews died all throughout the wilderness because of unbelief. The wages of sin is death. It's not an attack on a person. It's a righteous standard that holds true And God's word describes it as sin. Fornication is sin. Sex outside of the confines of marriage. Before marriage or sex with someone else, which is adultery outside of your union, is sin. Sexual sin, immorality, is different than all other sins because the Bible says it's a sin to the person. It's a sin in their own soul. Those of us that had an illicit background, whether it was with same sex or opposite sex, outside of the confines of marriage, uh, the pleasure of sin was for a moment. We carry physical, some of us physical uh, scars, mental scars, emotional scars, soulish scars, still tied to some of the people we have nothing to do with because it was outside of God's uh, command. But I want to take the venue this morning and I want to be clear. I want to be as clear as I can. This is not a message coming from a hateful heart. I don't hate anybody. It's not coming from a podium of judgment against you. How could I cast stones at you if I have committed most of the sins found in this book? And I found grace for So it's not from that. It's the raising of the standard so that those of us that are living righteously, which means under the lordship of Jesus Christ, could continue to do so, and those that are not could repent. 
could confess their sins and turn from them and find the same grace if this particular sin was not known as a sin how could someone repent of their sin it's the trick of the enemy that causes people in the sin of their deception to live a life with no covering no grace because God will not cover that which you have not uncovered is that clear so in context of our series on the last days the Bible said that it would be like this in the days of Lot. Now, we're going to cover several of the sins, but the, the days of Lot were narrowed down. His biblical story is he left the land of the Ur of Chaldees with Abraham. He journeyed, then he split from Abraham, which we're going to talk next, uh, the next time I preach on the subject, Lord willing, of the days of Lot from the believer's standpoint. This is from those that are not believers, those that are uh, partaking of, of sexual sin. In the days of Lot, these were days of sexual sin, rampant immorality. And in our day and age, uh, I remember I was introduced to uh, pornography as a little boy at a young friend of mine named Roy's house, and his dad had magazines hidden under a bed. I had no idea that that day would begin a torturous struggle with, with, with lust and uh, leading to very graphic and, and sexual sin. But the Bible tells us that in the, this day, there's going to be a concentrated, like it was in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, where it said every man, every male, every young man came to the doors of, of Lot's house, banging on the door. And we'll cover the story of the sin later, but immersed where pornography is the, the number one income producing thing in the U.S. to where now it's not a, a, a friend's daddy had a magazine. It is by an accidental click on the button of your television and the internet just flooding inundated. So it's a, it's a concentration. Many argue from the other side and I'm not, I'm not attacking the person that's a homosexual. But the Bible in our lesson, this just follows in our series. He said, this is what you're going to find in the last day. And many argue from this text. They say, well, Ezekiel says, this is the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Ezekiel 16, 49. Fullness of bread, which means satiation, a saturation, doing, being full of anything and everything that they want. An abundance of idleness, wasting time was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, which means they were self-centered and self-absorbed. And then they say, those who are not believers in the true Christ say, well, their sin was they were not hospitable. And that's why God destroyed the whole city. And they read this verse as it's written, but they leave out the next line. And they were haughty and committed abomination before God. Therefore, God says... I took them away. I wiped them out as he saw good. Now, here's what you need to understand. That anger on that city was expressed. Death. Absolute, utter destruction. But the person who lives a life of illicit sexual sin that's not a homosexual, without the covering of Christ, dies the same eternal death. 
So it's not the hatred of, it's understanding that a, 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 a sin is an evidence of the lostness, just like an abomination can be the evidence of a lostness. But there was primarily, the emphasis was, and when Sodom is referred to over and over in the Bible, where we get our word sodomy, is an, uh, a pointing to the sin of homosexuality. It was days of sexual perversion. Fornication is a perversion in the sense of it was not as God intended. Adultery. But primarily in this city, it was homosexuality. Now I want to deal with the statement that many extremists use, but they use it out of context because God does not hate the person. God says, I get no delight in the death of the wicked. So if I'd have died in my sins of sex outside of the confines of marriage before I was married with multiple partners, I would experience the same death and spiritual death as a homosexual who practices his sin without the covering of Jesus' blood as well. But listen to this. Leviticus 18, 22. You shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither will you lie or uh, know to have intercourse with any beast to defile yourself with. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down. It is therefore confusion. Defile not yourselves in any of these things, for in all these things the other nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity upon it, and the land shall vomit out her inhabitants. And some will say, when you say homosexuality is an abomination, the scripture says so. And they say, well, doesn't the Bible describe things like pork and seafood as an abomination? It's a great question. So let's look in the scriptures. First of all, these were dietary restrictions for the nation of Israel that God gave to make them distinct and separate. It was a physical type of a spiritual reality which says, we are not of this place, we are not like this place. These customs that are different to the customs of the world show that we are a separate people. And those things that were an abomination were an abomination unto them. He said, these things, these things that you're not supposed to eat, they're an abomination unto you. But homosexuality was an abomination unto God. So one was a sin of particular, uh, or particular restraint. Don't do these things. Don't do these things. Rest on the Sabbath. Don't do these things. It was a, 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 a differentiation, if you will. But the other was an abomination unto God. And the two words abomination are two totally different Hebrew words. Let me give them to you. Now, this is not my definition or opinion. The abominations that God mentions according to dietary laws, touching the dead and such, this is the word, the Hebrew word, sheketz, which means this shall be unclean to you. The word abomination to the lifestyle of the homosexual is this, toabah, meaning something abhorred, terrible, disgusting, detestable. Now, I understand how that someone take offense there and said the life that you're living is detestable to the Lord. I want you to hear me as clearly as I know how. So was my life. 
raised in a Christian home, living a life of whatever I wanted to do, I did it, abusing my body with alcohol, some drugs, not a lot, sexual sin. My life was detestable. And God doesn't have to label something abomination for it to create the same feelings in him as he sees. But he wanted there to be no mistaking. People will come in my office and they come to church and they're shacked up. And I said, you can't do that. You can't do Well, I love her. God knows. I said, yeah, he does know. He knows the deal. And you, you can, that's why in the last day the Bible said that people will not listen to sound doctrine. But they'll go and find pastors, ministers, teachers that will tickle their ears and tell them the things that they want to know. You would be shocked at how many people I meet with that say, well, we can't not live together. We can't afford it. I say, it will affect your life adversely. Yes. Welcome to the Christian faith. Two rents, two, two bills, two powers, two gas, two phone to live pure. So we can justify however we want, but God sees this as a disgusting, detestable thing. It doesn't mean he doesn't love the person. So I think if a preacher says that lifestyle is detestable to God, if he says that his life was detestable as God, I don't think that constitutes his hate. I think that constitutes in we need to see ourselves as God sees ourselves, And those sins are detestable to him. Letter C. God takes very seriously keeping a distinction between men and women. Deuteronomy 22.5 says this. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on woman's garments. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord. Notice it's not the clothes that are an abomination to the Lord. But it's the person. Because this, this scripture is not about God being opposed to one fabric or another. This scripture is a reminder of distinctions, separations, patterns, and the order of God. Ignoring these guidelines and principles leads to what we now see as gender bending, neutrality, the extinction of what a man truly is or what a woman truly is. And here's what it boils down to. Leaving man to be the God over his own identity. So God doesn't care if a woman wears slacks. It's not, it's not like that. It's when we try to appear as, when we make ourselves to appear as something that God is not designed, God looks at that person and says, that's not right. Well, this is me. Well, there's a lot of me that wasn't right before God covered me in grace. We now say things like this, masculine females, feminine Men, unisex, metrosexual, or identify as. All that is is a smokescreen to let us decide who I am and what I can do. And that's God's place, which makes the spirit behind it all subtle, but there, idolatry. I'm identifying as a woman, even though I'm a man. Well, you can't do that because God knitted you. You see? So the issue is not 
primarily sexuality. It's getting to the place where you can decide what is sin, what is not sin, what is allowed, what is not allowed, and you're the God of your life, and you will sprinkle little pieces of Jesus and whoever else that will support you in your decisions. And God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. We see it in fashion, television, internet, school curriculum, and here's the, here's the spirit behind it. Blur the lines, change the pattern. Blur the lines, change the pattern. I'll give you another one. So it's not just about homosexuality. The Bible's very clear about the man being the head of the home. That teaching has been abused, misused, and misinterpreted, saying that the man is the superior of the two. Not at all. Not at all. It is something he chose to establish, that man would be the covering. And the woman, being his equal, takes a step back and lets him lead. So fitting the role is not a matter of inferiority. As a matter of fact, it takes a greater grace to follow than it does to lead. So the man commanded to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And the woman see that she reverence her husband in all things when you flip the roles uh, and one is adamant, uh, it could be the man being the dominant uh, pusher to the ground that breaks the pattern. That's how I know it's evil. It breaks the pattern because the man's supposed to give his life for his wife like Jesus gave his life for the church. So with the woman's dominant and you've got this emasculated man that can't speak, you broke the pattern. It's the same thing. The issue is not just sex. is you don't change the pattern. When God set something in line, he said, this is how a man gets saved. This is how grace makes its way to you. And we said, no, all roads lead to heaven. You broke the pattern. There's one lamb, one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And at the pinnacle of every sin is man getting to decide. Blur the lines, change the pattern. Much of what we say is just, well, that's just fashion today. No, there's a spirit behind it. It's brazen sin. This is clearly a sign of our time. Our Western societies are following the same trend of flaunting sin openly and publicly. Before God destroyed Judah, oh, wait a minute, not just Sodom and Gomorrah, his people. See, this is not a homosexual thing. It's a, it's a, it's a people thing. It, my sin might not be yours, but when we flaunt it, and who's ever in charge of the air, I'm freezing up in here. My, I've got a jacket on. My sweat has froze. I've got a little veneer of, of uh, uh, what ice? The little thin ice, it's like Johnny V ice or something right here. So it's working. Lord, help me. Lock me in the t- <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel, lock me in the trunk. All right, where was I at? Okay, God destroyed Judah. And so someone would say, how dare you say God wiped out a city uh, because of homosexuality? He wiped out his own people for being idolaters. He wiped out his own people. See, this love wins. No, God wins. God decides 
Who is saved and who is not? God decides who lives and who dies. He's the Lord and He's holy and He has a standard. And you and I can't reach that standard. Therefore, we humble ourselves in His sight. We ask for forgiveness for our sins. We receive His Holy Spirit, which then gives us the power to come out of those sins and live differently. So if you're saying I'm hating on the homosexual group, well, I'm hating on God's people because it said and he destroyed Judah. Here's what he said about Judah in Isaiah. They declare their sin as Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe unto their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Judah flaunted their idolatry. They caused their children to the pass through the fires of Molech and offered sacrifice to foreign gods. They would bow down to sticks and carvings and, 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 and a ceramic fake gods. And God said, they didn't hide it. They flaunted it. I was sickened to hear of one of the uh, gay rights parades. While I feel sorry f- for them in, in the sin, and uh, I was sickened that they made a 10-year-old little boy the, the, uh, the grand marshal of the parade and dressed him up as a woman. Just hear me. How could it be? Now let's just group us all together. Believers and unbelievers. Those that hate uh, homosexuals and the homosexuals that hate those people with the banners. Group everybody together. If I embezzled money, and by the way, our books are open 365 days a year. You can come look anytime you want to. But I I ain't going to hell over $100. If I'm going to lose my ministry, my car, I'm taking everything. Every, just a thought. Everything. Vans, lands, buildings, dogs, cats, everything. But now, I have to inject some humor. Very heavy subject. Okay. If I began embezzling money, and you began to say, well, that's not right. Don't judge me. Don't, you, you don't know? You don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. Yep, back up. Everybody would say, get that guy out of office. He can't pastor the flock if he does that. Why? Well, because that's wrong. How do you know? God's word tells us about stealing. But we would unify to get that money-hungry pastor off the stage if I was an adulterer. And I told Kelly, you know, it's only two or three times a year. It's not a big deal. You know, just get, I, I have these urges. I have these desires. You would say, get this charlatan, this hireling off the stage because it's sin. But we'll ordain a homosexual and let them pastor and teach and no one touches them for fear of the opinions of people. And he's no different than the embezzler or the adulterer or the man that's not married sleeping with women outside the confines of marriage. He is disqualified because he is in open rebellion against the Lord. That's as balanced as I know how to get it. Everyone would agree the pastor that steals should not be on the platform. The pastor that has adultery should not be on the platform. The pastor that's not married sleeping around with all the young 20-somethings in his church, he should get off the platform. Same with the other. We know it's wrong, not because we know it's wrong, but because God declares it to be wrong. Intentional sin. Defiant sin. Determined sin. 
angry sin. I know and I am embarrassed. And for anyone watching this via online or or listening to a CD later or a DVD, I want to apologize to you for the people that stand saying they are Christians and they write obscenities on wooden signs and put them in your face and tells you how God hates you. I apologize to you for them. They do not speak for me, us, or the Lord Jesus. Having said that, the bridge is out. Someone has to stand in the way and say, the bridge is out, and you will soon learn that the people that stand in front of you are going to be the ones in the end that you know loved you, not the people that stood beside you while you followed a life of self-destruction. But in the same way we see that anger and hatred, we see it from the other side. The way I've preached today, I've never raised my voice. I'm preaching the scripture. You should see the angry faces and the emails and the, and the, on the media, you see it, the blasting of the righteous. So if I hate you, I'm wrong. But if you hate me, you're right. Paul, uh, John the Baptist experienced this. Listen to this. In uh, Mark 6, Herod himself had seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod took his brother Philip's wife. And John told Herod, here it is, it's not lawful, it's sinful for you to have your brother's wife. And the woman hated him because of what he'd said. She was enraged and the Bible said she would have killed him. But she had no power to because her husband was the king. And she eventually worked up a plan, brought in a lustful girl to dance before the king to where he was so, here it is again, sexually aroused, turned on, that he said, whatever you want, uh, save half the kingdom, you can have it. And the woman who had set the girl up said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. Because that head had that tongue that told me what I did was wrong. So here's our dilemma as believers. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me or my words, I'll be ashamed of you when I come in the glory, in my glory and with the holy angels. But if I stand with him and his words, I am then misunderstood, maligned, hated, misquoted, targeted, labeled a terrorist, a hate monger, a bigot, and there's a cost to side with Jesus' words. But I have decided as a pastor that I'm going to tell the truth in love, considering myself lest I also be tempted, that this is sin. It is not according to pattern, and God will judge. Number, uh, well, number one continued. It's a, it's a debasing sin. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. I'll be reading out of the Moffat translation. What? It's a translation, uh, M-O-F-F-A-T-T. It's a Moffat translation. And it says that that is why God has given them up to vile passions. Their women have exchanged the natural function of sex for what is unnatural. And in the same way, the males have abandoned the natural use of women and flamed out in lust for one another 
men committing and allowing shameless acts with their own sex and receiving in their own persons the due recompense of their perversity. And because they disdained to acknowledge God, he gave them over to a reprobate instinct for the perpetuation of what is improper. And there's a long list of these things. So the Bible says that the person that lives in this sin, for this reason, God turns them over. The worst thing that can happen to you in your life is God to turn you over. And then they, losing their bearings, they now fall into a free fall of perpetuating the sins based according to their impulses. Their impulses tell them if something's right or wrong. And they'll say, well, I'm not convicted about it. That's because you've been turned over. You don't feel it anymore. There's no Holy Spirit quickening or correcting. And this, this verse is troubling here. Look at verse 27. It said, men committing and allowing shameless acts with their own sex and receiving in their persons the due recompense of their perversity. Now, what we know for a fact is that they receive something in their personality, in their body. That's what scripture says. It would seem to me to be personality deformities. They receive something that is connected to the lifestyle, whether it's the way they carry themselves, whether it's speech, whether it's mannerisms, whether it's, uh, and again, I don't know, but the Bible said they receive it inside themselves. And it could be that distinctive nature, not exclusive, where you can tell. Oh, that's profiling. Well, I can tell if a bigot's in the room. I can tell if, if a young man who's not married is lustful. I can tell how he looks up and down on people. There's, there's tells. I'm not labeling. I'm telling you. I can tell you when a man is abusive to his wife because she's scared to look up. She's scared to speak. And she looks like she's cringing all the time. I can tell something happens behind the, floor, the, behind the doors at home. But something happens inside the person. The Bible said they receive recompense, which means payment. Something happens in them. And it's a debilitating sin. It's a debasing sin. It's an aggressive sin. God also compared the Jewish religious leaders in Jerusalem with the people of Sodom. He said in Jeremiah 23, My people commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me and her inhabitants are like Gomorrah. Now, I'm going to just say it. There are Christians in this room, because of your friendship or your love for someone, you have celebrated with them their sinfulness. And you did them a disservice. You can love, you can pray for, you can care for, but I cannot come alongside and celebrate with you knowing that that's the very thing that causes the wrath of God to fall upon you. We care more about us than we do them because we care more about us being liked and accepted and continuously included than we do being the person that says, I'll forfeit the benefit of knowing you closely to stand and tell you that this is wrong in hopes that you'll find repentance. 
there's a high cost in relationships to be faithful. It's a high cost. Now, having said that, the Bible says the same thing about believers that are living lives of adultery and fornication and living in sin. He said, after you correct them, if they will not repent, don't even eat with them. Don't, don't, don't be close with them because they will take your endorsement as fuel to continue their sin against God. That's hard. Some of us today are on the outs, not just with friends, but with family. Because we've took a stand and you're called everything and then some. But the truth is, I don't love anyone more than I love the Lord. And so I'm going to stand with his words and his righteousness. Let's normalize sin. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Those who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's Isaiah 5.20. Accepted sin. Celebrated sin exalted sin, and then it leads to the ultimate, a protected sin, like abortion. It's protected now. It's protected. You, you can say it will not happen, but if Jesus tarries, if Jesus tarries, the next horizon is pedophilia. J- just wait. Just wait. In uh, Islamic uh, sects, S-E-C-T-S, and Muslim sects, Uh, they have boys set aside and groomed for men. And that's an acceptable act. The person that receives, I'm trying to be as uh, non-graphic as I can, that is sin, but the dominant male is not. And the little boys are taken advantage of. Because if there isn't a standard, and we're depending upon ourselves to know the standard, When God turns us over to a depraved mind, the standard is what we want. So it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. In my lifetime, it went from being against the law to now not only lawful, but it's now lawful, but it's accepted and celebrated. And it is presented on television as entertainment. Now, I know this is hard and heavy today, but I have to tell you, if you watch that on television and laugh alongside of that, you're a proponent of that. You, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. You, the advertisers that pay for that program, get, they pay them because of the people that watch and are known to their product. You can't... How can something that God hates be entertainment? And what happens is you're going to learn before Jesus comes. To be separate means that we really don't get to do much. (laughs) Can't really watch that. Can't go there. Can't listen to that. We become, watch, by pulling back, we become a peculiar people. Peculiar, not in, you shouldn't be peculiar weird. Weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Just, you can write that down, hashtag. Weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. But peculiar means that we don't participate. I don't participate. I don't participate. All right. We'll get to just a couple of these. I won't be able to finish. Number two, I want to talk about some of the lies or misunderstandings concerning homosexuality. Some will say, God made me this way. 
And the church will scream, no, he didn't. When in actuality, they said it the wrong way, but they're telling you the truth. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. They will tell you, and I know people who practice this lifestyle. They say, from my earliest recollection, pastor, I've had an attraction, a same-sex attraction. I think I was born this way. Well, I can tell you, and this, I, I, I'm debated whether to tell you, but I, I want to be as honest and transparent as possible to you so that you can understand the person speaking is not speaking from something he read from a book. I remember at six years old, living at 101 Windsor Drive, going to Green Acres Discount Grocery Store. I was in Warner Robins the year Richard B. Russell School, the first year it was built, 100 years ago. I remember walking over there. It was in our backyard. We could walk through across the street to the back of this grocery store, and Daddy was getting something. And I remember seeing a magazine out. Now, this is 1969, 68. You know, Andy Griffith. You know, Griffith is not a whole lot on the shelves. And I remember, like yesterday, there was a picture of a, uh, a very busty woman in a shirt. And it was opened like that. I'm 55. I remember that 49 years ago. And I remember inside of me at six, the impulses, the sexual impulses, uh, and I, I was drawn to. So if I were to tell you, I've been this way most of my life, you wouldn't say, no, you, no, you weren't. What they're telling you is this. The Bible says that sin entered the world by one through Adam and sin was passed down to every person. When you were born... When you came out of your mother's womb, you were a sinner because your father was a sinner. He was a sinner. He passed on the same genetic things. That's why we needed not a second Adam, but a last Adam. So when we're born again of his spirit, we have his genes, you see? So this person says, as long as I can remember, I've had a same-sex attraction. And I'd say, as long as I can remember, I've had a lustful attraction. It wasn't based on marriage. It was lustful. And their proclivity happened to be to someone of the same sex. And mine is of the opposite sex. But both, both, uh, those aren't satisfied through lawful means. And you can disagree or not. You say, well, John, you're telling the homosexual that they just have to deny themselves their whole life. Yes. But this other guy, you say, oh, well, he's married. Ain't the same thing. Sex in the confines of marriage was God's idea and it's beautiful and it's satisfying. But let's just say sex is a C chord. And the most intimate, fulfilling, enjoyable sex with a partner is not the same as satisfying a lust. Sex with your marriage partner is a C chord. Lust is a G chord. And a married man who has a propensity to lust lives, if he lives righteously, he lives unsatisfied in that context all the days of his life. You see? Well, no, that's, no. He gets to be with a woman. It's not the same thing. 
Because one is forbidden and one is uh, not forbidden. And the not forbidden does not satisfy the flesh. The flesh craves for that which is not allowed. And so I don't have any problem with someone saying, I was born this way. But when they say that God made me this way, I said, no. He did not make us to be sinners. But yes, I, I, I understand. You've, you, if you have a same-sex attraction, I believe you. I've got a man that's a friend of mine. He's just a few years older than me, so he would be right around 60. He confided in me years ago. He said, John, I've had a same-sex attraction all my life. I've been a believer since I was a young boy. So I asked him. I mean, I'm always a student. I'm listening. I let him tell the whole story. And I said, have you ever been with another man intimately? He said, no. But to this day, I still have the same impulses. So what he's doing by denying himself is the same thing a man does when he turns his computer off, gives his wife his password, uh, pulls away from and tries to tell his body no because it's not allowable. But the Bible said in the last day before Jesus comes, there will be a predominant, uh, brazen, celebratory, protected view of homosexuality. No one should be abused. No one should have things thrown on them, spat at, and God help the Christians that communicate Jesus Christ as that kind of God. It, that's horrible. But at the same time, who hurts them worse? The person that screams obscenities or the Christian that comes alongside and said, God understands, we understand, we love you, happy, I'm so happy for you, and let them fall under the wrath of God. It's the second one. It's the one that's the worst. Been kind of heavy today, huh? Letter B. Lies concerning homosexuality. Because it's no longer against the law of the land, then it's no longer wrong. The laws of the land do not validate or erase the word of God. The law of the land, it's okay to kill a child now. Have you noticed how in the courts it's so skewed? You can rape a woman and get four or five years, but an embezzler will get 20 and 30 years. Why? Because money is more important than people. You could have a violent crime. Let's say somebody just walked up to somebody they didn't know, know and beat them down. Or somebody that stole from a company or did insider trading. So he beat up this old elderly man and this man stole money from corporations that wouldn't notice it gone except on a ledger sheet. And he'll get 25 years and he'll get 30 days out in seven. Not a big deal. See, you can tell the, the state of a nation by what the horrible crimes are. Me saying something is sin is worse than someone murdering a child in the womb of a mother. What I'm doing, saying this is sin, that's hate speech and I'm labeled a terrorist. But you can murder millions of children and that's protected by law. Ben, if, if you'd come here. Just a moment. That's a rough note to end on, buddy. 
Can I, and by the way, if, if you'll allow me on the next one, I'll tie it all together and we'll finish up the days of Lot. But I'm going to end with something a little less heavy, but equally as, as uh, poignant. Uh, we've got a place, well, the bank does. They let us go to it in uh, Daytona. And um, I am, listen, the Bible says a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, his animal. I love animals, love dogs, don't like cats, can't stand cats. When I see you post on Facebook, I go, I'm so sorry. Well, what do you have against cats? Anything you pet and it butt goes up in the air, something's wrong. I just, just, something's wrong with that. So Kelly and I go down to the beach and there's this caution tape over all of this uh, land and there's ladies laying on their stomach hold, you know, uh, uh, holding instruments and stuff and they're waiting on it. What was that? What is it? There was a certain bird and it hatched some eggs here. 24 hour vigils. You can ask her. They laid eye level with these birds and people would come near the beach. Be careful. Stop. And you're like a block from them. Like, what? There's a so-and-so, so-and-so bird. I'm like, I, ain't, I just got my chair and a little diet coat. That's all I was just going to go to the beach. I ain't bothering nobody. Protected, protected, protected. If I accidentally broke a sea turtle egg, looking at it, I committed a felony. And Daytona, there's certain times of the year, it's a law that you can't have your lights on on your balcony because the turtles think it's the moon and they come this way. A felony. I go to prison. But I can kill a child so that I can have convenience. See how distorted? So I guess the only way to summarize today uh, is two things. It is possible to stand for truth and be loving and kind. And it is. And you can't be ashamed of the gospel nor his words. We can't, we can't be secret service Christians. Okay? You can't. But in our lifetime, we have seen not only a rise, but a global esteem acceptance, exaltation, and protection of homosexuality in the same way it was of abortion. Now, I'm not saying that the person that commits sexual sin, that's as horrible as the murder of a child. But this is what I'm telling you. Jesus said before the coming of the Son of Man, these things were going to happen. And it's the breaking of the pattern. The woman turning away from what is natural, turning to the unnatural use of another woman. A man turning away from that which is natural and turning to another man. It's the breaking of the pattern, which is the spirit of the Antichrist. Well, now you're calling us the Antichrist. No, the spirit of the Antichrist says, not what God says. What do you want? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. What do you want? All religions are one. That's the one where, the one where religion is not necessarily Catholicism, although... I can preach on that. That's, that's the main characteristic. But when Catholicism allows the whole world to enter its church and says, whatever you believe is fine. So before Jesus comes, you're God. Eve, 
God told you not to eat this because he knows when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God all the way to the end. I get to decide what's right, what's wrong, what's proper, what's improper, what is allowed, what is not allowed, what is celebrated. I am my own God. And he said, in the days when the Son of Man comes, that's what's going to be. And we're there. We are never in recorded history. Oh, there's been practices of it, but never exalted and protected. Would you stand with me this morning? Brian, would you cue that video for me? We've sat a long time. I got a four minute video I want you to see. Would you cue it on the screens for me? I was 15 and I started dating a girl that lived down the street from me. It was my first time ever dating someone and being official. I was pretty pumped. I got a hickey. My dad saw it and was livid. I love her. It's a girl and I'm gonna be with her and this is how it is. Yeah, it went terribly. I guess she told some people and so they came to me and asked me, are you and her gay together? I can either cower away or I can own it, so I'm going to own it. I said, yeah, what about it? Love is not necessarily between a man and a woman. The problem was backwards thinking. If you were truly a Christian, you were on my side. And if not, you were legalistic and you needed to reread what God was really about. Judge not. God being loved meant God was nice and God was chill with what you were cool with. By 18 and 19 and 20, I was super wild and in serial relationships with women. When I got to nursing school, I met the girl that I ended up being engaged to. I kind of slowed down a little bit for her because she had two kids. And then at 22, I got invited to a Bible study. I expected them to bring up my lifestyle really early and then would use that as justification for not coming back. So I agreed to go. Different women in the circle were talking about different experiences they had. I have nothing like that, and it bugged me. I could not stop thinking, what if all of it's true? Are you sure this is who you are? I couldn't stop questioning. I need to feel okay, because I don't feel okay anymore. I googled verses on homosexuality. Those who practice homosexuality, which was me, and also drunkards and a a bunch of other things that I would have been. I realized that I was in the will not enter the kingdom of God lineup and it scared me really, really bad. And then I read verse 11 and it says, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. I realized that there were people in the same place and they were saved and they were changed and that that God could do that for me too and that I needed that. I could hold on to my sin and reject God or I could turn to Him. All the debt that I'd racked up living like I lived 
didn't have to be mine if I could trust him. So that was it. I knew what I wasn't going to do because it was right there. It was black and white. I'd twisted those scriptures before. I'd argued them down. I'd said judge not to them like that mattered. And then that day, it was like my eyes were really opened. I was amazed at the grace he'd shown me. People say to me all the time, I was born this way. I say, okay, yeah, me too. You're not born with right affections. That's why Jesus had to come. You feeling a desire for sin just proves you need grace like me. It's not gay to straight. It's lost to saved. God calls us not to heterosexuality, but to holiness. Even though the world would paint a, a totally different story about what sexuality is and isn't, God's word is clear and he can save, and he does, and he will. Let's bow our heads together. If you're in this room today, I do not need to know who you are. You don't have to walk this aisle. And you uh, are curious or uh, you're experimenting with or you're practicing homosexual or lesbian. I just want you to know that God loves you cares for you watches over you and those mean spiteful people do not speak for him he longs to gather you together and give you a brand new life like he did this preacher if you confess your sin God's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God can wipe away the residue and give you a new day. I loved what that young girl said. It's not gay to straight, but it's lost to saved. So forgiven. For those of you in this church, as you've journeyed with me through this series, you need to understand and believe that we are just moments away from the return of the Lord Jesus. I, I believe it with all my heart. I'm telling you, I believe it with all my heart. Well, Pastor John, that, that scares me. The Bible said Noah moved by fear. He knew judgment was coming. He prepared his house. So husbands, papas, mamas, get your house in order. Get your house in order. Get the things out of your house that aren't supposed to be there. Put the things in your house that are supposed to be there. And lift up your eyes because your redemption draweth near. Father, we love you today. We do not esteem ourselves over any other person that sinned. We need grace just as much, probably more in many other areas. And thank you, Lord, for a grace that's greater than our failures and our choices and our proclivities and our sins. Be merciful to us, O Lord. And I pray that we be accounted worthy to escape the great and terrible day of the Lord. Allow us to be, Lord, that one that will reach out and rescue and pull from the fire. Even those with different sins than ours. I loved what the young girl said. We all need a Savior. And may we be that voice, that tenderness, that kindness, but also that truth bearer. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said, amen. Prayer.